Solomon Kinley in the backfield. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. And Tua throwing the other way to a wide open Durham Smythe for the touchdown. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Show. Diagnosis. Shotgun. Murray. Prognosis. Out of the pocket. Seven seconds. Osmos. Six seconds. Murray. It is a thunderous Thursday edition of the T.C. Martin Show. Glad to have you with us wherever you may be. Of course, streaming live, tcmartinshow.com. My man C. Wynn hanging around the building today. He's doing double time today. Hopefully he's getting paid handsomely well for, for overtime and everything. C. Wynn. Oh, yes. I uh, love it when C. Wynn fills in for me because I know that I am in good hands. And I know that there's usually plenty of Detroit Lions talk. Depending on the season, whether it's Lions, Tigers, Pistons, Panthers, going back in the day, I don't know. See, what's going on, brother? It's going great, TC. Always good to join you guys and uh, chop it up a little sports time. And uh, you are absolutely right. And you know what's even worse, TC? You know what's even worse, mm. doctor? Mm. Is they're sitting at 9-3 and three right now. Mm. And uh, <laughs> right there in the mix at the top of the NFC. So there's going to be even more C-Win waxing poetic on all things Detroit Lions probably in the coming weeks, my friend. Listen, uh, a couple weeks ago, you were not waxing poetic on things. Thanksgiving Day. Oh, I think you went. I think you were like, uh, you know, Groundhog Day in February. You were you were hiding. You were in hibernation, weren't you, with those Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving Day? Because they cost me. They cost a bundle of people. Uh, cost you too. And how many people do they cost in the Survivor? Uh, pools. Absolutely. Ooh. There had to be all kinds of casualties oh, on that was. front. You know yeah. what they did, TC? They reverted back to Detroit Lions normalcy <laughs> when it comes to Turkey Day, my friend. That's it. That's exactly what happened in that game. And yeah, it was uh, distressing to say the least. But I look at it like this. It was a wake-up call, maybe. That's mm. the way I kind of uh, view it. And uh, we'll see how the rest of the season shakes out. But uh, it's going to be a lot of fun here going down the stretch in both the NFC and AFC. Right? And I think what you really have to look at, though, that you have to give credit to the Green Bay Packers for not only that victory, but the victory that they had, you know, going back against the Chiefs, mm-hmm. you know, this past week. So look out for the Packers, Vikings, eh, you're not feeling much of them. We're going to get a chance to see them up close and personal on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium as the Vikings and the Raiders both coming off of buys. Uh, we're going to hit on that today as we get into the uh, strong guest lineup. Uh, today, Paul Gutierrez will join us from ESPN, who does a fantastic job of covering the Raiders. So Paul will join us uh, next hour with that. We will also hear from our good friend, Houston Nutt. That's right. Going down to Texas. He's got plenty of thoughts on the Texas Longhorns, as well as the Alabama Crimson Tide. Of course, the former head coach at Old Miss in Arkansas. Boise State way back in the day. Houston Nutt with CBS Sports does a fantastic job and uh he'll be all over Army Navy as he is this weekend too and it's a quiet college football Saturday but the tradition, the pageantry, I'm a big fan always have been and of course it always seems like it doesn't matter who is playing well, not whatever. The line is always one of these service academies, minus three. And this year, it's Army minus three. I have a quick Houston Nuts story, TC. I don't know if I've told you this on there. Have I? About uh, the, the C-Win Houston Nut connection. I was a young reporter 
in the Orlando area back in 2000 when there was a certain Citrus Bowl game that went down between the Arkansas Razorbacks and the Michigan Wolverines, the Tom Brady slash okay, okay, Tom Brady slash I believe was it Drew Henson there or yep. Drew Henson might have already yeah. gone. It was Tom Brady slash Brian Greasy, Michigan Wolverines against Houston Nutt and his Arkansas Razorbacks, and I actually covered that game in Orlando back in 2000. Now, now Coach Nutt probably wouldn't even remember me, but uh, that's that was the connect. I was I I remember that vividly because it was the it was the first like major bowl game that I ever covered really? as a sports right. media member. Was that matchup uh, the Citrus Bowl between, between uh, Citrus Michigan Bowl. and Arkansas? Uh, yeah. Final score, you remember? I do not remember the final score. Who I won? believe Michigan won. You I think believe. Michigan won. Yeah, okay. I, I'm, I'm like 99.9 percent sure Michigan right. won. Nump I don't check, know the final. Number check. We have to look that up because that would be probably what year was that? It was. It was. It was either 90, it was 99, 2000, 99 say. going into 2000 okay. because it's a new. It was a New Year's Day game. Oh, so yeah. that's the Citrus Bowl is played. It's the morning game. That's played yeah. out of all those yeah. Yeah. New Year's Day games. Were you one of those guys that was so. on the on the sideline or in the press box and you were wondering if everything was going to go okay because it was what the the two K thing? Remember that? Yeah. So and, you and I are both seasoned media members. You more than a little more than myself. So that was the first game, TC Martin, that I ever had a uh, media pass where I was <laughs> on the sidelines. Oh, cool! At a at a college bowl game. So that was so that, that's why it's so memorable to me. And yeah. that uh, and that uh, Coach Nut, we the head coach there. Yeah, uh, great guy and uh, a lot of fun and and i know that you have listened to him uh, on the show here i love having houston yeah. nut on and uh, great insight as well too so he will join us today we will talk to him scott spritzer will join us as well too scotty wins and uh, he continues to win him and marco d'angelo both are handicapper extraordinaire so he'll join us today as we will handicap week number 14 of the national football league and yes we do have a football game tonight if you want to call it a football game between the patriots and the pittsburgh steelers now see win you you like to go to the window. We talk about this, and we have a lot of fun with you a lot uh, about this. So we have the thing called the Sea Win Jinx. We always want ask Sea Win which way he's going here. Yes, but there is some significance with tonight's game. Do you know what the significance is between the Steelers and the Patriots tonight in this particular matchup? I don't know what you're referring to. I know okay. there's some storylines that are interesting when you look at this game. Okay. From but, a betting uh, perspective. But talk that's to me, I'm doctor. Going. What, what are you referring to? All right. Numchuck, the breaking news. All right. Tonight's game, as we go live on the spot to whatever we're calling it, Assure <laughs> Stadium. It's not Heinz Field. It should be anymore. Who knows what, right? Uh, New England to Pittsburgh, the line, Pittsburgh, a five and a half point favorite line coming down a little bit, open six. But the big story, see when the total in this game, 30 and a half, the lowest NFL total since 1993. And call me crazy, TC Martin. Crazy. But, uh, it might have a little something to do with that tilt. Last week that the New England Patriots were involved in where it was like watching paint dry from an offensive standpoint, right? The final score is six nothing last week. Six nil. That may have a little bit to do with this total that, uh, yeah. that that's been put out there. And in and, and, and both offenses just dreadful. Yeah. Both quarterbacks dreadful. Backup quarterbacks as well. So too, Mitch Trubisky is getting the start, right? He's, for the yep, Steelers. Yep. 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 Yeah. Which isn't saying much. Now, uh, I was watching both of those games mm-hmm. last week where Pittsburgh was playing the lowly Cardinals. Right. 
which was a travesty. And then on the other screen, because at the Westgate, as you know, yeah. uh, watched the game of the world famous Super Buck last week, and uh, they were on side by side screens. And I just said, which one of these games is worse? I mean, there's both. I mean, sure, Pittsburgh and Arizona had a little more scoring, but man, was that some awful football with the Chargers? It, six nothing winner over the lowly Patriots. And now they got to come back, you know, four days later, basically the Patriots and they go on the road to Pittsburgh, stingy defense. Mm -hmm. But if you're playing this game, my friend, 30 and a half, you're going to go under or over. I'm going to go under. And I think Pittsburgh covers that line. I really do. I mean, look, it's, it's kind of a weird, those crooked number lines like that, you know, those fives, five and a half, sometimes it can get tricky. But uh, yeah, if if you if you're thinking about Chris wins Chris wins take on this tilt, I'm gonna go there. TC, I'm gonna throw it out there. I'm all over Pittsburgh Uh-oh. in this matchup. He's all over Pittsburgh. I saw what happened with the with the Patriots and their offense last week. On a personal note, I had uh you know because of this year being the year of the injured quarterback, right? Yeah. And uh you know all the injuries that have taken place, I was forced TC Martin to start Bailey Zappi in one of my leagues. So that gives you a clear indication of uh, the injury situations yeah. when it comes to my fantasy football yeah. scenario. And yeah. uh, and look, it, that's that's exactly the case in the NFL this year. I mean, there's just so many key injuries to quarterbacks. And uh, I have uh, much more faith in someone like Mitch Trubisky than I would in Bailey Zappi. I'm sorry, I just did. Trubisky came in that game and didn't offer much at all. I, I was thinking, well, maybe it's not going to be that bad. Mm-hmm. And he was. I mean, Arizona's defense made him look silly. And then what Arizona did offensively to to the Steelers, they had that 199-yard drive when Pickett got hurt, and he went down on the one-yard line. Then they went forward on fourth down. Instead of kicking a field goal, they couldn't get in. And then Arizona takes like eight minutes off the clock and goes 99 yards and and basically kind of sealed the deal in that game. So ugly football. I imagine we're going to have ugly football tonight. I'm sure. I don't know. Are we going to have the color rush uniforms tonight? Because on these pathetic Thursday night matchups, we you know they always got to do something with it. So I don't know if I can watch it see when. But I will watch the game for one purpose, and you mentioned it yourself. From a fantasy perspective, because mm-hmm. I do have the Steelers defense. Okay. So, you know, we're, we're, we're getting into fantasy crunch time near playoff time here. So I, I, I need the Steelers defense to, to pitch a shutout the way, um, you know, the Chargers did last yeah. week against the Patsies. And to that uniform note, real quick thing, right? Obviously the Patriots last week, they went, they rolled out the, uh, throwbacks with oh, the Patriot Pat. Looked beautiful. And they did have, and they, lo- they looked really good. By the way, I think, you know, on a side note, I think they should go back. To those, I, I, yeah. I, uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of what they did in the early '90s with the switchover when they when they drafted Bledsoe and and the uniform angle they went there. But uh, as you pointed out, yeah, we'll see what they do as far as the color scheme. And but uh, I'm very partial to the Patriot Pat and the old school look I'm when it comes you. to all things doing I'm with the Patriots. You. And that's the good thing about the Steelers they they don't change no. unless they you know the, they want to give us the bumblebee uniforms every you know once a year. It seems yeah. like we get that. I hope tonight is not the night. I do not want to see the bumblebee convict. Uniform. Uniforms. You know what I'm talking about. The, no, I, absolutely. Yeah, yes. Yeah. You know, the, the, the kind of the rugby jerseys, right? So, uh, Well, I'm like you. I'm partial to the old school look when it comes to the teams like the Steelers and the Cowboys, yeah. right? Uh, and even the Seattle Seahawks, right? I'm partial to the old school look. I'm not into these new, you know, the Seattle Seahawks yeah. the other day when my eyes were blinded, yeah. you know, by that lime green, whatever that was that Seattle was doing. And so, yeah, I'm TC. I'm completely on board with you when it comes to the Steelers and the whole Bumblebee. All right. I'm the not, bra- the breaking here. news. It is a color rush game tonight. The Steelers will be going black on black. 
And then patsies okay, well, will be going white on white. Okay, so black on black we can deal with, right? That's better. But not 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 yeah. the bumblebee look. No. Okay, not bumblebees the, are out. Not the not the yellow jumping out into our face, right, and screaming at us. Atrocious. Yeah. All right, let's hit on uh, a few more things here today, mm-hmm. and um, we didn't get a chance to get to this on Terrible Tuesday, but. You know, I love hitting my TV time. You know, Numchuck loves it when I do TV yeah. time. You yes, know? I do. I, I love TV I, time. I remember Mags used to say this all the time with me, too. He goes, oh, I love it when you do TV time yeah. on Terrible Tuesday. Well, TV time. See, when I'm sure that you are a fan of this series, and we're talking about Hard Knocks. Mm-hmm. Well, Hard Knocks is back. A lot of people yeah. may not know that. It is the in-season Hard Knocks because they started this a couple seasons ago. I believe it was last year, year before the Arizona Cardinals, and it was dreadful. I mean, it was downright dreadful. And as we know, that more and more teams now are saying no to Hard Knocks. They don't. They don't want to be involved. Mm-hmm. Well, the Miami Dolphins said yes to the in-season Hard Knocks after the disastrous in-season Arizona Cardinal look last week, last year, because they were. Remember how bad the Cardinals were at this point in time yeah. last year? Uh-huh. And Kyler Murray was injured, and you knew that their head coach was going to be gone, all of that stuff. And they just were looking for content. It, it, it was really bad. Well, if you haven't seen any of the episodes, I think we're about three or four episodes in now to the in-season hard knocks, the look uh, at the Miami Dolphins. Now, the Dolphins are having a great season. What Dolphins, what, 9-3 and three or 10-3 and three right now, playing great. Mm-hmm. Again, blitz mode, the... Washington Commanders last week. So, but you know who's irritating? Is their head coach, Mike McDaniel. A guy that has just always driven me nuts. Now, this... What's your nickname for him? Goofball. I mean, he's, he's just playing goofball. I mean, there's no need to come up with anything creative. He's just a, a goofball. Wouldn't you agree? He's definitely a strange bird, I'll put oh. it this way. Okay. Now, a, a quick comment on this. So, look, I think it's intriguing that this is a team that they're picking, right? Because yeah. you have a coach that's kind of a a fireball in in Mike McDaniel, a, goofball. Right? a young quirky guy yeah. Yeah. who just does things a little bit differently. Yeah. And then you've got all these stars, right, for the Miami Dolphins, right? You got yeah. uh, all these big time, especially electrifying mm. offensive players. So, mm. uh, and then you got that dynamic, right, of that young coach just trying to find his way with this team. So it, it kind of leads into an interesting situation with Miami. It does. Doing this show. It, 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 I'm it sorry, does. it just does. It, it, it does. But, I, but and, I'm on board with you, T.C., when yeah. it comes to your ideas regarding Mike McDaniel. Yeah. yeah. And the thing about it is, I think it's just a matter of time mm-hmm. before he runs into a wall or he, not physically, but you know what I'm saying, where he gets out coached, mm-hmm. you know, come playoff time, because I think this is giving, you know, and, and Mike McDaniel will like, he likes to ham it up. Okay. So for an example, in one of the first episodes, uh, they showed where they were getting ready to play the Raiders. And he was talking about Max Crosby and saying, Oh, you know, this guy's a beast. He's that. And he's he's pumping him up as, as he should and be aware. So he goes, I was looking at some video on Max Crosby and, you know, what, what he does a lot is he likes to get these extra shots in. You know, he likes to push the quarterback, uh, you know, in the shoulder afterwards and just, he wants to nudge you. He always has to touch you. I always has. To, I thought that was interesting. He went back and looked at video and then, so then now we're seeing Crosby do it during the course of the game, right? Mm-hmm. So there's this one time, uh, during the game where he's going like, He's talking to his assistant coaches and his players because this is who McDaniel is. He's just a goofball. Um, and he goes, I, 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 I'm trying to get Max's attention. I, I'm, I'm trying to get in his head. I'm trying to get in his mind. I look, look, look at me. I'm staring him down, but, but he won't look back at me. 
He must he must be afraid of me. <laughs> but this is Mike McDaniel. Can you picture any other coach in the NFL talking like this, doing these things? And I know he's doing some effect for the camera, but this is during a National Football League game, a game where you need to win, and he's doing this goofy stuff. If you saw the clip on Black Friday where they had the 99-yard interception return, he is running off the field where everyone else is like celebrating, and it's like the last play before halftime. He's running off the field, Chris Wynn, runs off the field like hands in the air. Whoa, look what we did. Look what we did. And he runs into the tunnel, and now he's standing on the tunnel, and then one of his assistant coaches followed him. He goes, oh, oh, um, extra point, extra point. Yeah, yeah, we gotta do the extra point. So where do you think he was for the extra point? You think he would like, you know, go back and like, okay, now signal in the, you know, right? Where was he hanging at? Behind the goalpost <laughs> at the opposite end of the field because he was almost in the tunnel. So he goes, well, I, I, I can't run back. That'll look too stupid. And I, I think I'm too late. We gotta try the extra point. So he stood behind the goalpost, arms folded, got the PAT and then ran into the tunnel behind him. So, TC, here's the deal, okay? You use the word goofball. Oh, yeah. I'll use the word weirdo. The guy's a strange kind of cat, all right? Nobody's going to confuse Mike McDaniel with Bill Belichick <laughs> or Andy Reid or an old-school coach like Hank Stram or You know what I mean? Right. I mean, uh, and, and by, he's, he's essentially the guy that you're most likely going to mistake for a ball boy on the on the football field yes. during the game. And yes. by the way, that happened to Matt LaFleur during the uh, Lions-Packers game. Right. I think the security guy right. thought he was right. just some fan running onto the field or something and like tried to flag him down. But, but getting back to McDaniel, this guy is just a weird dude. Have you he seen does, the pants? He does things differently, Have you too, seen man. his pants that he wears? You've got to take I, I a gotta, look. You've got to take a look. I haven't seen him, but oh I can goodness. expect the guy's probably got an all kinds of strange, weird, a weird yeah. uh, wardrobe going on. Okay, so bro. here's the wardrobe, okay? Yeah. He'll, he'll wear these like tennis shoes or ankle socks or something. Yeah. And the, the pants kind of look like bad old, old school baseball pants, right? So they, they come right below the knee and they kind of have like the, like the little tie. So they got like a space, an open space. You can see part of your knee. And then, you know, like with your old moccasins, you, you know, that type of, uh, material or whatever is at the end of the pant. It's like, are, are you, are, are you kidding? I mean, are you wearing this? But here's the thing. Okay. So with the dolphins, uh, apparently they have, um, a little situation where, Mike McDaniel likes to reward the defensive uh, team or players on the defensive team for like good play. Mm -hmm. So when they go back to practice on Wednesday, he decided that he was going to give defensive players cakes. Yes, freshly baked, decorated cakes. So instead of like game are these balls, like mini bunt cakes or uh, kind, some, some kind of individual right. situation? I'm gonna give going you a little, little audio from Mike McDaniel <laughs> getting cake for defensive players for doing something good. Oh, that that um, the background um, is there's not there's not that much um, depth to it other than um, Joe Casper led off the season. Um, you know, we kind of rotate coaches in, in a turnover meeting. He he let it off. That yeah, was something that he that he came up with. I'm I'm not sure if it was entirely on his own the idea, but um, it's just something uh, random and and um, I don't know, hilarious because apparently a lot of guys like cake. 
Mike McDaniel, did he make any sense to you? A little bit, but he just could comes, you he, understand? He comes him? off as he's partaking a little bit of the wacky tobacco guys, if, if, if I'm not mistaken, right? He, could he does have kind of that vibe. He couldn't complete a sentence. Look, I mean, it's just how many ums, ahs, stammering, stuttering. He couldn't even. Wh- why did you just say, "Oh yeah, we got these cakes. It's pretty cool that we give defensive players a cake for doing something good." Why can't you say that? It took me six and a half seconds to say that. Please, one more time with this numchuck. The question by HBO was asked him. If he, here's the question, he goes. So what's the deal with the cake? This is his answer. Oh, that, that um, the background um, is there's not there's not that much um, depth to it other than um, Joe Casper led off the season. Um, you know, we kind of rotate coaches in, in a turnover meeting. He he led it off. That was something that he that he came up with. I'm I'm not sure if it was entirely on his own the idea, but. Um, it's just something, uh, random and, and, um, uh, hilarious because apparently a lot of guys like cake. <laughs> big Al, Big Al checking in from Curacao. I think Big Al has a great point. I think he goes with you, Seawin. Yeah. Are you sure they're not brownies? Exactly. There it is. Is there something in those brownies, right? <laughs> Look, there's kind of an element of him, is, which is like, and he, he used the words, like, random and hilarious. There's almost like an inside joke feel of this guy sometimes, isn't mm. there, TC? You know what yes. I mean? Like, yes. It's almost like, you know... uh and look, we understand why he's there, right? He's a genius when it comes to innovation on the offensive side of the football, right? There's no mistaking that, right? I mean, there's, he, there's, you know what I'm saying. I mean, not only does have the pieces in Miami, but they've also been able to be, you know, super creative when it comes to the way that they uh, play offensive football in the NFL. That's why he's there. But the, I also get a feeling like it feels at times when you bring up the stuff that we brought up here in the last 10, 15 minutes, he feels like a guy that doesn't belong there. You know what I mean? Like, it right. feels like uh, you shouldn't be an NFL head coach. Yeah. You should be like a court jester. Right. You should be like a clown at the circus. Yeah. You know, or you should be, uh, you know, a mascot on yeah. the sidelines. There's kind of that well, that comes into it when right. you think about Mike McDaniel. Right. right. And his and his persona. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is, if, if you're watching Hard Knocks, you don't see any like hard nosed coaching that he's doing. Mm-hmm. He wants to be the player's friends. Yeah. You could see that. You could see that. And that's why I say down the road, there's going to be a time here. He's going to get out coached because he's like, he's like a kid in the candy store. Like, wow, this is a cool job. I'm getting paid to do this. I mean, literally he is basically saying this. And if you really look at the players faces in these meetings or on the practice field, you could say like two is like maybe looking for direction, but two is just given up now. He's saying like, okay, dude, you, you know, you're not making any sense. We don't respect you. It really comes across like that, that the players do not respect him. So. Yeah, keep take take a look at the in-season hard knocks. Yeah, I'm going to be interested yeah. when they do face some adversity, right? When they do face yeah. a long losing streak or there's a situation where the media and the fans uh you know start to get aggravated with that with that team or with him, how he responds to that, right? Right. And so that's that's that to me is going to be is going to tell the story as to far as far as uh, his longevity as a head coach, let's put it that way in this league. When we when we get back, uh, we will, we'll talk some more football, but before we do that, uh, uh, some breaking news that came down today and it's very close and personal, uh, 
to my heart. So I want to give a, a shout out today. You know, see, when I'm a big boxing guy, absolutely, and uh, the International Boxing Hall of Fame, and I'm a Hall of Fame guy, so I I, I love this. Two of your it, greatest things. That's yeah. I, I love boxing. Love Hall of Fames, and uh, a lot of close friends are in the International Boxing Hall of Fame, like Al Bernstein, who we all know, mm-hmm. uh, Teddy Atlas, yep. uh, Timothy Bradley went in last year. So, um, Canastoga, New York. Uh, the ceremony is uh, every June. Well, got the word uh, today that the uh, induction class uh, has been announced. Uh, Michael Moore, uh, the very first left-handed heavyweight head cha- uh, uh, former champion, he uh, he is inducted. Ricky Hatton, who had many great fights here in mm-hmm. Las Vegas, yeah. you know, love that and uh, fun weigh-ins too, by the way, exactly that were attended. Y- Yvonne Calderon um, got in as well, and in Calderon was. Uh, Represented by Puerto Rico in the 2000 Olympics before he had a great professional career and won the uh, uh, light flyweight title a couple times. And then Diego Corrales uh, from Sacramento, who we put in in the Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame going back a couple years ago. Uh, Diego Corrales went 40 and 5, tragically killed, unfortunately, here in Las Vegas in that motorcycle accident. So Diego Corrales is going in and arguably one of the probably the best fight ever with him when Jose Luis Castillo where when he was knocked down twice in the 10th round then rallied later in that round to defeat Castillo uh at the Mandalay Bay mm-hmm. going back to to you know 2005 that was a phenomenal um and then my guy Kenny Adams got inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame and Kenny Adams uh when I got in the boxing business as as a manager he managed several of my fighters uh Kenny Adams the most successful United States Olympic coach you going back to the you know, 84 and 88 Olympics, uh, the best. And then also, uh, had so many great, uh, champions that he took from that Olympic team, those Olympic teams, and then trained as pros like Riddick Bowe, Roy Jones Jr., um, and Kennedy McKinney. I mean, the list just goes on and on. And, uh, very happy for my good friend Kenny Adams today as he, is inducted, will be inducted in June mm-hmm. in the International Boxing Hall of Fame, along with uh, Fred Sternberg, who is a great PR publicist for many years, uh, Wally Matthews, Wallace Matthews mm-hmm. from Newsday, Nick Charles used to be on CNN, yep. who who died a few years ago, and a, and a, a lady that I was familiar with, Seawin, in your parts, you may be familiar with her too, Jackie Callen, the former manager Absolutely. of James yeah. Lights Out Tony. Absolutely. So yeah. I think it's a great class. Uh, very happy, especially for Kenny Adams. Yeah, uh, hearing uh, Michael Moore uh, triggers me a little bit, TC. There's another one, yes. Because uh, I, that was the first major bet that I ever lost in my life, TC Martin, back in 1995. Just out of college, of course, Michael Moore facing off against Big George Foreman, right? That big-time fight. Yep. Michael Moore winning most of the fight, all the way down to, I believe, the 10th round. And then uh, Big George dropped the hammer on him. Yep. And uh, ends up being the, uh, I believe at the time, was the oldest uh, heavyweight champion in the history of the sport. Right? I was at that yeah. fight uh, mm-hmm. that night at the MGM and then at Caesars Palace outside. I was at the mm-hmm. fight where Michael Moore defeated Evander Holyfield, yeah. which was fantastic uh, as well. But, uh, and yeah, Ricky Hatton, you know, oh, Ricky Hatton. Da, 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 yeah. I love that song. Yeah, yeah. I love Ricky Hatton. All right. So we got that. Big Al, check in. What's happening, brother? Hey, Doc. How you doing? C.W. Hulk, nice to meet you. How are you, buddy? Doing great. It's good to hear you, my friend. Hey. Uh, well, you know, you talk about the the game tonight. I say bring, bring back Babe Pirelli. 
<laughs> Babe Hurley. Babe Hurley. Oh. You want you talk about the old Patriots jerseys with the guy yeah. with the guy snapping the ball in yeah. the can? Yeah, the three points. Bring back Babe yeah. Hurley. Patriot Pat. Patriot Pat. He's money in the bank. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're probably in agreement, right? Go to go back to the throwbacks. What's up? You know, what's up with this weird little swoosh on the side of the helmet? With the, no, you know, no, I mean, look, no, 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 no. I'm an I'm an old school no, guy. Old Dockle, school, baby. That's, that's what I say. Absolutely confirmed, and I'm I'm probably the most old school guy he knows. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we are all old school guys when it comes to that tradition, as I like to say, my friend. Exactly. Hey, great, uh, great, great news about Kenny, huh? God, God bless him. He's yes. what a class act, and what a. What a great coach he was! My God. Yep. And it, good for him. You were around me many of those uh, those those fights in those oh, days. Oh, absolutely, you, you got absolutely. Train. He's he's fantastic. Yeah. And he uh, is the he he was the best he was the best Olympic coach for sure by far. I mean that's not even a that's not even a question. Kenny's eighty three oh. years old right now, and it really saddens me that we we wait so long mm-hmm. for a lot of these inductions. You know and. Uh, in Kenny, I don't want to say he's in failing health, but he, he's, he's he's not the same Kenny Ams as he was before. So fiery, so sharp, so smart. I mean, was training champions up until going back four or five years ago. I mean, it's still active, kind of like. Oh yeah, his, his energy level was yeah. beyond. Yeah. Was beyond. You couldn't keep up with him. Yeah, that's true. You that's couldn't true. keep up with him. I mean, but uh, well, I, that when you you talk about you talk about age with a soap, that's a sore subject for me with the. The Hall of Fame, but in a different sport, Doc. Yes, I understand, my friend. All right, brother. And you know, and you know what I'm, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. If, if you want to let everybody else know, I, I, I don't, I don't know if I have time to get into that because I got a guest waiting here, brother. But if you want to, if you want to, okay, well, real quick, no, number ten, number ten in the white and in the red, white, and blue. You know, you know who I mean. Yeah, Ron Santo, exactly. Ron Santo. You know, uh, the way, fam- way, time. way too late. Way too late. No, I know. Way and that too happens late. with a majority of the Hall of Fames. We get that. It's terrible. Brother, I appreciate you checking in, man. Have yourself a good one. Thanks for listening. Thanks you for too. calling. See you guys later. You got it, brother. All right, we come back. We're going. We're talking to Houston Nutt about the college football playoff and C-Win. Appreciate you hanging out for a segment, brother, as always. Good times. All right. We'll see you around town. We'll see you at the games and uh, especially out at UNLV here in the next couple weeks. Dollar Loan Center next week, baby. little Henderson run for uh, the UNLV faithful to get a chance to go out and check the running Rebels out out there. Creighton Blue Jays coming to town next week. There you go. All right. All right. Let me put some water on your balls. More from the master debater. See, Martin, you'll never know what comes out of this guy's mouth. All right, glad to have you with us here as we get ready for uh, NFL weekend coming up week number 14. We'll be previewing it all. Jam-packed show coming your way tomorrow at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the world-famous Superbook. Yes, Mike Tice, the former head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, he will join us tomorrow. He'll join us for best bets. We've got Double B Brian Benowitz. We'll talk a little VGK. He, he will partake as well, too. Marco D'Angelo, Jay Cornegay, the fine vice president of uh, Sportsbook Operations there at the Superbook. And then also uh, tomorrow, John Sassenti joins us, the executive director of the Las Vegas Bowl. And, of course, uh, John made that announcement going back on Sunday where the Northwestern Wildcats will be taking on the Utah Utes. And we know Utah loves playing in uh, Las Vegas. So uh, the Las Vegas Bowl coming your way on December the 23rd. So uh, 
Stay tuned for that, and we'll have tickets to give away for the Las Vegas Bowl as well. All right, speaking of college football, we got to talk to our guy. My guy, I think he just, he's been traveling around the country. He's getting locked in for for more college football, but he probably just pushed himself away from the uh, from the buffet table or maybe uh, had a little barbecue in there in Texas. My man, Houston Nutt, the former coach. What's going on, brother? How you doing? Good to see you. I'm good, man. Good you, to be with you. you tell me where. Give me the play-by-play, man. Where are you at? I know. I know you. Uh, you got some lunch in you already today. Oh yeah, yeah. Back in McKinney, Texas. Back in McKinney, Texas. Been in Little Rock for the Bulls Foundation Award, and uh, visit my mom. And uh, back in Texas. Oh, awesome stuff. Now, now, Houston. I want to go a little flashback with you because I know that you know. We know you got your wits. You got your memory and everything, right? So, um, uh, my man, uh, my colleague, Chris Wynn, was ju- he joined his first segment, and Chris does a fantastic job on the air as well here for us here in town and, and fills in for me a lot when I'm on the road, especially when I'm hanging out with you down there in Dallas, right? And he brought up, he knew you were coming on the show, and he said, listen, I've got a Houston nut moment. And I go, well, let's hear about this. The very first game that he was credentialed as a media member was the Orlando Citrus Bowl. I and he, we're oh. going to go back. We believe what nineteen ninety nine, maybe it's two thousand. And do you know who was in that game, my friend? Oh yes, oh yes. <laughs> Let's hear 1990, it. Arkansas versus Michigan. <laughs> there you go. Nineteen ninety nine, Arkansas versus Michigan, and they had a little quarterback on the other side by the name of uh, Tom Brady. This is true. That was true. And who is? <laughs> and tell the people who is signal calling there in the in the maroon and white for them hogs. Clint Sterner. That's right. Yeah, Clint Sterner, who later went guy. on with yeah. the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Correct. That's right. That's go. right. See? Yeah. And talk about that. Let's talk about that running back backfield. Let's talk about that backfield for those hogs. Come on, baby. I love that backfield. <laughs> uh, that would be that would be Chris Chakuma from Alabama. Uh he was he was out of Alabama. Yeah. And uh Madre Hill from Malvern, Arkansas. Those two were our running backs and yeah. uh uh boy they were they were outstanding. They really were. Yeah, and then, see, and then Darren McFadden was McFadden uh, right after that, or was he before that? He's in, he was he was oh six oh seven. Yeah, he was late. He was oh six oh five oh six oh seven. Yes, yeah, he, he was, was later. All right. So, what do you remember about that game, my man? Well, I remember uh, it was a physical game, tough game. Uh, here's what I remember about you know it's such a great time in Orlando, Florida, and I never will forget the hosts were saying. You know, we hand out these really nice citrus bowl jackets, but we noticed that Michigan, we handed out about 33 triple larges to them, and you only had about 10, <laughs> Coach. And every time they go, we had an eat-off contest at a couple of places. They they got us, man. So they were worried about us. You know, size-wise, they were a big physical team. Uh, Lloyd Carr did such a great job. But here's what I remember. They jumped on us early. And uh, we, they got us down two touchdowns, but man, we came roaring back. I mean, we came back to tie it up in the third quarter. It's about, I think, forty-two to forty-two or thirty-two to thirty-two, something like that. But uh, man, they they, uh, they scored on defense a couple of times on us. Man, that 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 hurt because we usually don't turn it over, and uh, they won the turnover margin that day, and that that hurts. Well, look at that. That's a flashback. I mean, what a memory there, my friend. <laughs> What a memory from yeah. that game. I, li- I like that. 
I like that. All right. <laughs> and and, and uh, but if you and Lloyd Carr, you know, uh, you know, went went toe to toe at the eating uh, buffet, I think you'd get Lloyd. I think you'd be the favorite on that one. <laughs> you know, he was tall and slender, you know, and uh, I enjoyed him that week. But you're probably right. I probably would get him on that. Oh, too funny. Good stuff. Great memories there. Houston, nothing. See, win bringing it up there. 45 thir- or 31, I think. Is that was that was final that game? Wow. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Man. Sure was. Hey, 45, and those 31. people in Las Vegas that had the over, they want to thank you very much, Houston, nut. There you go. There you go. Always happy to help. <laughs> All right, man. So let's go back to the college football playoff. Let's go back to last Sunday. You know, we were talking last week leading up to this thing about what's going to happen. In your opinion, now that you look back at it in retrospect, did the committee get it right? You know, uh, I've got a couple of friends, close friends at Florida State. I tell you, man, I'm I'm hurting with them now. Because we all know, TC, you know, when we go into this thing, we know there's five Power Five championship teams and there's four slots. The committee, really, the last several years have been pretty fortunate how it worked out. This year, though, you're talking about chaos, really chaos. You know, I think if you and I were the czars in that meeting, we would say, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. i tell you what we're going to do, guys. We're going to have an emergency playoff. We're going to have an emergency six-team tournament. Yes. We're going to get this right before Florida State in. We want Georgia in. We want everybody. We want the top six teams in. we got to have an emergency tournament. But as you know, that 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 didn't exist. So you're sitting in there with far as the committee. And remember now, the number one team's never been knocked out of the top four. So I was thinking maybe Georgia's going to go to four. Right. But lo and behold, they get knocked out. You get Alabama as the SEC champions in, and you knew Michigan and Washington were there. I just the Florida State thing. I, I mean, you go thirteen and zero. I get it. You don't have your quarterback. You're not the same. But my gosh, you know, you, you go thirteen and zero. They do everything you you uh, they they're asked to do on their schedule, and even do it with people with backups. And man, what a marvelous job they did! And and it just I know that hurts. But when you look at everything, and this is where the committee, uh, hey, I, I don't envy their job whatsoever. But when you look at everything. Uh, who do you think's favored right now? I mean, I guess Michigan may be favored a little bit, but I'm going to tell you something. Alabama has a chance to win this whole thing. And um, I can see, you know, you can have argument to Alabama to be there. And you can have argument for Texas. Same thing. They're the Big 12 champions. And remember, TC, it wasn't too long ago I was on your program about four or five years ago, and you asked this question. You said, hey, if you're the czar, tell me what would you do? How how would you line this thing up? And we said, uh, I, I told you, I said I want five conference champions, then I want three at large. Whether yep. it, be, it could be Boise State going thirteen and zero, or it could be, you know, for this year. I mean, my gosh, I'd love to see Georgia still in this thing because you know Georgia, you know, <laughs> they they can beat anybody. I mean, they they can, and uh, they didn't do it on the right day in that SEC championship game. But there's so many ways you can argue this thing. I mean, I love watching the Washington play in Michigan. These guys did a great job. But just to have four this year was a rough, rough deal. But if you got right down to it as far as, you know, our, uh, Alabama's not the same team they were when they got beat by Texas. They're not even anywhere close uh, to that team. I mean, they're different. And you can say every team gets better each and every week. But if you look at 
what Coach Saban did. This may be Coach Saban's best job ever. You know, week to week, he did a great job of getting Milrow was benched. Right. He was benched, mm-hmm. and so their offense is different, and they're they're much better. Their defense is running around in a bad mood. I mean, this I can't wait to see the Bama Michigan game. Can't wait. So when you say Bama Michigan Texas Washington, that's a pretty good. I'm gonna have a pretty good seat here in my living room. That's gonna be good football to watch. It will be, but you know, here's the thing, and we can. Everyone wants to talk about Florida State and feel sorry, and and when you look at the committee's criteria they mentioned the five things just reading it off it's conference championship they consider strength of schedule head-to-head comparative outcome key players available at the end of the season all right but there's nothing in there that says rewarding you for being undefeated they want to reward you for a conference championship so there are teams as you know there have been lesser teams, like you mentioned, a Boise State. Heck, talk about Liberty. There are teams that, that go undefeated, but just because you're undefeated, that doesn't get it for me. All right? right. Washington. I'm going to use Washington as an example, too, because everyone's talking about, okay, well, Michigan and Washington, they're undefeated. Automatically, they should get in. Hey, hey, let's slow the roll about Washington. I saw them firsthand, up close and personal here in Vegas last week <laughs> against Oregon, but no one expected Washington to win that game. They were a 10-point underdog. They were not in the conversation. They were on the outside looking in. And then, oh, wow, they beat Oregon by three points. Or, so now we're going to have to put him in. Washington has been suspect for a good portion of the year. Yes, they've won games, Houston, but they barely beat Arizona State on their home field. Barely beat Stanford. Barely beat Washington State in their home field by three, the last-second field goal. Yes, they beat Oregon twice, but I really don't know how good Washington is because they look great against Oregon, granted, but some of these other games, they haven't really impressed me, and that's why you know, this it, it doesn't surprise me that they're the underdog against Texas. So if I've got to eliminate somebody... I'm eliminating Washington, and the team I feel sorry for is Georgia. To your point, you're number one in the nation, and you dropped a six because you lose to Alabama by three, and you were ranked uh, number one for 24 consecutive weeks. You had a 29-game winning streak in the SEC, and you go to six, and you're not invited to the party? Tell me, plain question, yes or no answer from you. Is Georgia one of the four best teams in the country? Yes. No question. And, and, and And you ask all of your colleagues and your coaches that you know, what's the percentage that they're going to say the same thing that you did? I'd say probably over 80%. The right. ones I've talked to, they, they believe that. Now, I do disagree with you a little bit on Washington, though, T.C. I, I, I feel a little bit different because of this guy, Michael Penix. I hear you. Michael Penix. Now, if you go back, there's a reason why Indiana won. Indiana! Basketball State, right? Yeah. Indiana! Why? Michael Penix. Michael Penix can make it happen, brother. He can. Make it happen. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Be careful on that one. Be careful on that game. Well, but the defense, you know, doesn't doesn't really resonate with me. Again, they are one of the lower ranked defenses yeah. that are that are yeah. here. And again, I mean, look at Oregon. I mean, it only took them two plays to score there in the last couple minutes to, you know, but again, they played well. Washington played well. They beat Oregon 
twice in, in in both of those games were close and you could say that you know the third down conversions uh really hurt Oregon in both those contests but hey give Washington credit they they showed up they were stout but we talk a lot about the SEC with you we talk a lot about the Big 12 I really want your your take on Texas because I don't think a lot of people give Texas enough credit. They're twelve and one. Yes, uh, they 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 beat Alabama. And if there is a knock on Texas, um, I'm not really seeing too many knocks. But remember, no one is talking about them losing to Oklahoma, and there's really no shame in them losing to Oklahoma. But uh, you know, Texas, if we're going to knock them, their best win of the year was against Alabama, and really. Not much else stands out on the resume as far as victories over, you know, really good Big Twelve teams. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, I, I I can see that too. I, uh, I I do think. Well, there's some defensive linemen they have that are that are very very good. Quinn Ewers is playing uh, really at a, a high level. I think he he does a good job. And then if you got your receivers, Xavier and these guys, if you got these guys healthy. Uh, I think they'll be they'll they'll be tough to deal with as well. But no, I'm with you. When you look at their schedule, uh, I mean, you do you lose to an Oklahoma, and their their best win was when they traveled to Tuscaloosa. No question about it, and and win that one on the road. Yeah, and are we rewarding Texas for that September victory? against Alabama, yep. and then blasting Oklahoma State, which had no business being a Big 12 championship game. I mean, that was a joke. They were favored by 15. They railroaded them like like we expected. So, and again, and I like Texas, and I think, I think they're, again, they're favored over Washington. But look at these two teams. These are our second and, 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 and third seeds here. Alabama's better than both of those schools, in my opinion. And you can make the argument, Definitely Florida State, was. if Jordan Travis was healthy, Florida State would be number two. They would be number two, there's no question. But but Houston, yeah. Georgia, Georgia is better than both Texas and Washington. Georgia. We're going to line them up week in and week out, right? Georgia can play, no question. No question about yeah. it. Yeah. Oof. It's going to be good. That's why we need, a few more, we need a few more spots, you know, slots, and it's, it's just not happening this year. But it's, like I say, if you and I were in the czar in that committee room, we would have an emergency, emergency <laughs> <it>. tournament. <laughs> I love it. Exactly. Because, hey, everyone's saying, well, this is the last year we got to deal with it. Next year we get the 12 team tournament. Yeah, tell, tell that to the Florida State and the Georgia players, right? Exactly. Exactly. That's, That's it. Most of those guys aren't coming back. They won't, they won't be back. Unless the NCA wants to be gracious. And, hey, we gave you the screw job. So, you know, we gave you an extra year for COVID. We're going to give you an extra year because we messed up in 2023. How's that? Yeah, right. There you go. There you go. All right, brother. Uh, who are you taking in these games? All right? Who you got? I got Alabama in a close one. And I love Michigan. I love how hard they play. And McCarthy and those guys and Lyman on both sides are very good. I think Alabama's going to win that one, though. And then uh, Texas-Washington, man, I, I think that's also going to be very close. But I, I'm kind of leaning Washington, Michael Penix and the guys. I'm thinking Alabama and Washington in the finals. You know what I'm thinking? I'm, I'm going to have a lot of people mad at me. I'm thinking I'm thinking there's a food bet here. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I think. <laughs> and, I, and I think the man who resides in the state of Texas is betting against his own state's team, and I'm willing to take that team, whether it's for barbecue or steak or whatever, my friend. You can have Michael Penix, and you can have Washington, and I will gladly take them hook'em horns. 
Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. Now, yeah, now I'm not twisting your arm. You don't need what's to. The line on that? What's, the line on, what's the line on Texas, Washington? Four. Longhorns are four. Favored? Yes. Okay. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. He's just pondering. Right. He's pondering right now. He's going, hmm. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I think, you know, Texas is good. There's no doubt about it. They're uh, good and they're fired up. They are back. They're back. Sarkeesian says they are back. Okay. We'll, we'll take for what it's worth. All right, man. Let me ask you this. Um, we've got the bowl games here with the transfer portals open. We are seeing uh, Kyle McCord decides he's going to leave. Dylan Gabriel, he leaves Oklahoma. What is going on with Ohio State? What What do you think the explanation is where you lose, lose 12 players and you're losing some starters from those guys that want to exit Ohio State? What's going on over there? I'm, I'm, so, I'm so bummed out about that. I, I look around the country and people that are having success and all of a sudden they, you know, it makes me think, I don't have any knowledge of that, TC, but it makes me think a lot of these players are listening to the wrong people and, hey, go out there and see what you're worth now. Go out there and see what you can get. I mean, I tell you, just the oh, the loyalty factor is just gone. It's just gone, and uh, I, I don't know. I it, it just kind of bothers me a little bit when you have this much portal movement, and I'm talking about players that had good years and had good teams, and yeah. It just it just it blows it blows my mind. It's crazy. It's hard to keep up with. All right, my man. I yeah. know that I know that uh this is probably what the first year in so many that you're you're not back at the Army Navy game and, and I know. right? I know. Right? I know you love that game. Having, so, having withdrawal. Yes. I bet. All right, so who do you like in this game now? We got Army favored by three. What's the deal, yo, yeah. with, uh, with these two teams this year? We know Navy's been a little bit down. What do you think's happened? Yeah. I think Navy's a little down. I'm, I'm definitely going with Army. And uh, it'll be a, I mean, you won't find two harder teams. If I could have had anything, I, if I had a wish I could do anything I wanted to do, I would, I would take a team from whether it be Arkansas, Boise State, Murray State. I would take a team and, and somehow ask a booster, please fly us to the Army Navy game, and I want I want them to go watch all these men that are, that weren't five stars. Maybe maybe one out, out of the whole bunch could have been out of high school, but most of them are two stars, three stars. But all they do is play every play as hard as they can, and then when you interview them, sir, yes, sir, mm-hmm. and then don't forget the ones that graduate. Now they're going to go protect the country for us. They're going to go protect so you can go to Burger King or Freddy's or, you know, you can enjoy a real nice life. And I, I just love that game. I, I love the pageantry, uh, the marching of the men and women on the field before the game, and then the, the helicopters and stealth bombers coming over, and then the paratroopers come bring the football to you. It's just, it's just amazing. And like you said, you got a chance to attend you know several of these games in in, in person as well too. I mean, to, to see yeah. that that's yeah. that, that's something special. Now, what do you think about this? This we've seen them move the game around. This is actually going to be in Foxborough. Okay, it's going to be at Gillette Stadium, the home of the Patriots. Uh, you know, I, I like the old you know uh, you know going back in the day in Philadelphia or maybe having at the Meadowlands or whatever. But this is a little bit different in in Foxborough. What are your thoughts? Well, I'm like you. You know, I, I, my experience has always been Philadelphia or Baltimore, back and forth, back and yeah. forth. And um, you can bet there, wherever they play, there's not a there's not an empty seat. Yeah. And so a lot of people fired up about Foxborough Gillette Stadium. I mean, 
there's a lot of history there. So there's a lot of people fired up about it. It, it will be different, though. It will. And the thing about it is they always keep this game in pretty close proximity to the campuses. It's always the East Coast game. Houston, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna battle uh for this game to be in Vegas someday. Bring Army Navy in hey, Vegas. It'd be great. I mean you have everything else in Vegas. You got basketball tournaments, yeah. WNBA, you got you got a tournament going on right now, don't you? That's that's true. That's true, yeah, right now yeah. as we speak. I mean my goodness, why not put the Army Navy there? No, come on. I I guarantee you they will show up and there there will not be an empty seat. Agree. Agree. My friend, I appreciate the time as always. All right. So uh, in, in, enjoy your football. Enjoy your vittles. Uh, we'll talk to you as we get closer to these uh, championship games and, uh, you know, diagnose a little bit closer because we've still got a couple weeks to, to do that, my friend. And we do got some pretty good bowl games and we're looking forward to the, uh, the semifinals uh, and the championship game coming up as we crown ourselves a champion for the last time of this uh, four team fiasco. So. Yes. That's all I got. Yes. Say. Sounds right. good, buddy. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. You got it, brother. Take, take care. There he is. My man, Houston Nutt, the former coach. Ole Miss, Arkansas, Murray State, Boise State. How about that? Hey, let's take everybody to an Army-Navy game and go see how it's done. Very, very cool. All right. Great job, Houston Nutt. All right. We come back. Scott Spritzer is going to join us. We continue on here. Paul Gutierrez as well. Non-stop rolling away. And plus, we have got tickets, passes to give away for our Raider indoor tailgate party at Slice of Vegas. 10 o'clock in the morning leading up to the Raider Viking game at Slice of Vegas. All you can eat. All you can drink. It's free if you call now. All right, 702-221-7283. 702-221-7283. You want to eat for free? Come drink. Watch the morning games. Slice of Vegas right here for the Raider Indoor Tailgate Party. We're down in three. Quick throw. What a catch. Samuel stays upright. Terrific catch and run. One-on-one with Ramsey. Can't bring him down. Samuel. Highlight reel. Touchdown. In the entertainment capital of the world. Kirk Cousins back to throw on fourth and 18. He's given time. He wants Jefferson. Climbs the ladder. Oh, my goodness. It's the T.C. Martin Show. 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 and 10 for Mahomes. Pressure, and he sacks! First one of the day, and it's Bosa who gets home. T.C. Martin. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. He is electrifying! T.C. Martin. Is this for real? Oh my goodness! Can he do it twice? T.C. Martin. Can you believe it? Even a little Dion strut to the end zone. Martin Two here on this thunderous Thursday edition of the T.C. Martin Show. Tomorrow we will be 
at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the world famous Superbook Mike Tice, the former head coach of the Vikings. He will join us. John Sassenti, the executive director of the Las Vegas Bowl, as we get ready for Utah and Northwestern in a Pac-12, which is now defunct, in a Big Ten matchup with those two schools coming your way on December the 23rd. So uh, come by, see the show live, of course, tomorrow, 2 to 4 p.m. at the Westgate Las Vegas. Don't forget, we've got the Raider Indoor Tailgate Party is back after the bye week. The Raiders back at home. And uh, don't forget, come on by. You can get all you can eat and all you can drink at Slice of Vegas. Normal price, only $35. But you call in and win here, we're going to give it to you for free. That's right. Bring your posse, bring your friends, watch the morning game starting at 10 o'clock, Slice of Vegas located inside the Mandalay Bay shops between Mandalay Bay and the Luxor. Oh yeah, the food, fantastic from Slice of Vegas. It's pizza, it's wings, it is chicken tenders, it's the sliders, the dogs, everything there. And then also we have the food from Hussong's right next door, uh, proud partners uh, of Slice uh, and who songs uh, together with the show here and uh got the taco bar the nachos the taquitos it's all fantastic all you can eat and all you can drink beer wine well drinks from uh, 10 until 1 p.m leading up to the raiders and the vikings again you can walk right over to uh, legion stadium from slice of vegas so yes come and join us at 10 o'clock on sunday morning uh, always a fun time and uh, watch the morning games all right this hour paul gutierrez will join us the Raiders insider for ESPN and uh, the Raiders back after their bye week. So we'll talk to Paul regarding the matchup against the Vikes coming up on Sunday. But right now, let's handicap a little bit and talk to our good friend, Scott Spritzer. Spritzer, what's going on, brother? What's happening, TC? Good to be on with you. You got it, man. All right. I know I made you hungry uh, talking about all that food, didn't I? I know, man. I'm sitting here. I've been working my butt off. I haven't eaten since this morning for breakfast. Bowl of oatmeal, believe it or not. Wow, that's really bad. And uh, and then you got to throw all this stuff at me, all of my favorites, you know? <laughs> you know, that that's funny because, uh, you know, Scott and I, we're on the same page with so many things. Uh, Scott, I, I'm starving right now. I did not get my traditional lunch spot in, which you know all the time. And that's another thing. So when 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 Scott goes over to Freddy's, I usually get a text. When I'm at Freddy's, I, I, I send Scott a text and then the response, tell everyone what the response is when I send you, when I send you the picture of my, my jalapeno pepper jack. What is, I'd say 90% of your response to me is. Well, I'll tell you what that is in just a second. But first of all, there's been multiple times when I've texted you from Freddy's and you've texted me and I've said, Hey, TC, I'm at Freddy's on Rainbow and you'll say, Oh, I'm on Freddy's at such and such. Right, that's true. <laughs> that's I'm at Warm Springs. I'm at Eastern. Which is funny. Yeah. But I'd say 90% of the time, guess what I'm having for dinner as soon as you send me the text. That's it. I got to get over there and get me some jalapeno burger, uh, some hot dog, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, see, I, and, I, and I, I didn't get a chance to stop today, Scott, so I am starving. Uh, I All I had was a bowl of uh, uh, rice checks. That was me today. That was it, oh Scott. Oh, my gosh. Rice checks. You you doing rice tracks checks and me doing oatmeal that there what, what I'm going after this, what is after this saying? show. I mean exactly what is what is this saying about us? <laughs> Never mind, Listen, Numbchuck. I, I'm not gonna I, say I, it. Well, close your mic, Numbchuck. <laughs> what did he say? I, I, he started to talk and I said I told him to close his mic and he goes, I'm not gonna say it. I said <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, no, I'm going to Freddy's after we get done with the show. No doubt about it. You'll have to wait another half hour or so. But because I've only had oatmeal today, it'll be it'll be the dog. It'll be the the uh, jalapeno burger. It'll be a little bit of everything. Good deal, man. Good deal. All right, tonight, my friend. I know you want you got you need to load up on some food because. Uh, I don't know what kind of game we're going to have tonight. Oh, my goodness gracious. I don't know if you're going to be sleeping during that game or, or not even partake in it. New England in Pittsburgh in the Thursday night football. Yes, we have the color rush. So I believe that Pittsburgh will be going all black and New England will be going all white. Uh, New England still has not scored in, in two weeks. Uh, crazy. But, Scott, we've got a record here. 30 and a half is the total, the lowest total since a 2006 playoff game. I don't know if you remember it or not. Carolina and Chicago, where the total was 30 in that game. And uh, here's more trivia for you. The lowest regular season game total since 1993, where they put up a robust total of 28 on the Colts and Patriots game back in 1993. By any chance, (laughs) Scott Spicer. Because you are you're you're like an encyclopedia. Do you remember who won that game? What was the score in 1993 between the I, Patriots I don't remember and that. the Colts? I, I don't remember that, but I know one thing: it would have been the morning after, potentially you too, but the morning after we did a Stardust line, yeah. and then stayed out until three in the morning or four in the morning eating cafe food. Yeah. So it's <laughs> the Stardust. But you know, it's funny because if you look at these totals that are around 31, 30, 32, you know, you just mentioned how infrequent the 30s have been. But if you go back like 30 years, it's 82% to the over in the NFL. Wow. And, and the thing is, is if you see a college football total that's, you know, 32 or less, they typically stay under. Look at the Iowa Hawkeyes all year long. Right. If you have an NFL total that's like 32 or less, they typically go over. I just mentioned that 82%, you know, 30 or 40 year mark now where they go over the total. Yet still, it wasn't enough of a reason for me to get involved with this game, T.C. Martin. I'm going to be mean for just a second. People forgive me, but, you know, I kind of was, you know, grew up on Don Rickles-type humor. And I, I just have to say this. You know, I, I have a buddy of mine last night who's a big hockey fan. He doesn't like the NFL. He doesn't like football. Okay, he's a bit of a communist. But the bottom line is, is that I said to him, I go, okay, he goes, are you going to play the game? I go, no, I'm probably not going to be involved unless something really crazy comes up that I haven't found yet on Thursday. I haven't found anything crazy, so going to pass it. But I, I said to him, okay, you're a hockey fan, right? And he goes, of course. He goes, I'll take hockey over anything. All right, <laughs> this is gonna, it's probably going to sound kind of bad. Uh, but I said that I would probably equate this quarterback matchup to having to watch six periods of Robin Leonard versus Mano Rayom. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with what you said. And matter of fact, it's pretty darn accurate. You know? Yeah. Who wants to watch that nonsense? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So I have a feeling I'll tune in out of curiosity's sake a couple of times tonight, but, you know, I'll be probably watching the NBA uh, tournament and also, uh, which is already underway. And then, of course, uh, maybe try to find a, a basketball game or two in the college ranks. There's only like six games tonight, so it's going to be tough. Uh, sounds like a great night to go to the movie, Scott. That's what it sounds like to me. Or, well, or you know nice what? I, you know how yeah. far I am behind? I got to finish Boardwalk Empire, and you just, that might not be a bad idea. I've got like three episodes to go. And sure I didn't start watching it till like eight months ago, you know, so I'm going to finish that tonight. That's a good idea. There you go. All right. And to your point about when you have these games in the NFL that are around 30, like you said, 80% they go over. In that game, Scott, in 1993, the total was 28 between the Colts and the Patriots. Final score, Patriots 38-0. 
There you go. Yeah. Over the total. Yeah. Over the total. <laughs> One team got it by itself. So, yep. Unbelievable. Well, this Sunday, we are looking at another uninspiring group of games. And I, I just can't get over this. This is, I, I looked at this and I talked about it a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago, and I'm going like, I, I, I don't get it. This, this, this is the ugliest card I've seen. And then last weekend, it's like, oh my gosh, we've got the Niners and the Eagles, but it is one of the ugliest cards I've seen. So now I'm looking at this Sunday card. Scott, I cannot find a 10 o'clock game that I want to watch. What's going yeah. on here? It's tough. I mean, it's, it's funny because last week I loved, I had a bunch of plays, loved the card. Fortunately, things went my way. Top play on the Niners and, uh, and ended up going like six and two. This week, I had a tough time finding three or four plays. I mean, even not just from a fan perspective, but from a betting perspective, I thought this week's card from my style of handicapping was, you know, garbage-like. And you're right, as a fan, I mean, what are you going to watch? Tampa Bay, Atlanta? No, thanks. I don't want to watch Ritter and Baker Mayfield battle it out. Do I want to watch, you know, Minshew against, uh, you know, a Cincinnati backup, who, by the way, played well last week, but again, it's the Colts and the Bengals without their star players. I mean, right down the line, you're right. I mean, I'm looking at this. I mean, I'm a huge Lamar Jackson fan, both on and off the field. And maybe that's the game. I mean, that's a game that I like. I, I already bet the Ravens right. at minus seven. It's up to as high as eight in some books now. Uh, it's not a gimme by any means, but, you know, maybe watching them and seeing if the Rams can protect Matthew Stafford because all of a sudden the Rams are being, you know, thrown into that mix of, boy, you know, they're turning it around, McVay. Then you look at their last two opponents. They were two teams uh, that didn't have a pass rush, and you had Matthew Stafford throwing from a clean pocket. You've got the number one pass rush as far as sack leaders in the NFL this week. I doubt he throws from a clean pocket. And you've got this offense of Lamar and company that could benefit from some really windy conditions. They can run the football. The Rams don't do that. So, you know, that was the game that I jumped on early. But uh, you're right, man. Try to find not just games to watch as a fan of the NFL, but as a better, too. Yeah, I totally uh, agree. And um, I, I, <laughs> I, I've been looking, and I remember last week, like you know, for the contest. Luckily, I went, I went four and one, and the only loser I had was Kansas City. Uh, that, but I, it, seriously, it took me longer to handicap that card last week. I know you probably didn't have much of a problem, but I was just trying to decipher. Like I said, love the Niners, my my number one play, and then Kansas City was my number two, and I kind of like I almost ended up like forcing the three other games. Luckily, they all won. But it was it was it was difficult, and I haven't really dove into the card yet this weekend. But uh, as I'm looking at it, you know, for games for us to talk about, I'm going, oh my goodness, I can't, I really can't look at anything in the ten o'clock block. But once we get to one o'clock, okay, well, you know, I'll be at the Vikings Raiders game. I don't know how exciting that is. Both teams mm-hmm. coming off the bye, especially with a quarterback matchup with Josh Dobbs and Aiden O'Connell. But let's talk about that game. Uh, the Vikings are a three point favorite. Looks like we've had some line movement in this too, Scott, because I believe that the Minnesota opened what uh, point point and a half or two, and now it's up to three. Yeah, I it's, I like the other one. I, I I'm going against the line move here, and I, I do believe Las Vegas plus three is the way to go in this game if you're going to play it. Um, you know, obviously Minnesota got a boost when Josh Dobbs first came into the lineup when they had the injury at quarterback, and he was doing well. He was making great decisions, all that kind of stuff. And then I went against him. I played the Bears a couple of weeks ago in their last game. I think there was a Sunday night or a Monday night game. And Dobbs threw four interceptions. And the Bears, you know, have, their defense has progressed and gotten better as the season has gone along. And, you know, they're getting 
some action going against the quarterback. They're getting decent pressure on opposing quarterbacks. And I think the Raiders can do that in this particular game. And, you know, once we saw Dobbs under pressure, he showed why he's not a so-called legit starter in the NFL because you could see he was really starting to press and trying to force things, hence the four interceptions that he threw. So I just think it's a situation here where if you say, do you want Aiden O'Connell or Dobbs? I think it's 50-50, and I think O'Connell eventually becomes the better quarterback, but because he's so young, I would say 50-50. I like the fact that the Vikings have had problems up front of late, as we said, against the Chicago Bears, and I think the Raiders can do enough to harass him uh, to be able to get this win. Also, if you look at the Vegas offense against Kansas City, uh, they put up over six yards per play. You know, not per pass, but per play. That's how good they were against the KC defense. That's a much better defense than they'll face uh, this particular week. So, yeah, I mean, I think Vegas, if you can get three or more, that's the way to go in this game. And obviously they're, you know, even against Miami, they played well against the Dolphins at a spot where I, along with a lot of other people, thought, all right, you won two in a row, you beat the New York, New Jersey teams. Now it's going to be, you know, you're going to go on the road against a team that's been a bully all year at home, and they still represented themselves well. So they're, they're really reacted well under the new coaching, and I think they get the job done this week. You know, I'm with you on that too. And, uh, I, when, you know, looking at the game, I just think that, okay, this is maybe a good spot for the Raiders, and this is really more of a play against Dobbs. And right. he has been awful, downright awful. He was awful against the Broncos. He was awful against the Bears, um, you know, th- that you mentioned. And now they have the bye week, but I just don't see, you know, there's a reason Josh Dobbs has been on five teams in the last three years. And right. I know that he got a lot of love for that stretch early on the season, you know, when he, he was uh, filling in for, for Kyler Murray with Arizona. And that's what led the Vikings are saying, Hey, you know, we, you know, Kirk Cousins is down. Let's go get Josh Dobbs. I think this is going to be right. a perfect fit. I, th- this guy has just not been good. He's having problems hanging on to the football. That's always kind of been the knock on him, but just the decision making, like you mentioned with the interceptions, you know, four he against presses. the Bears. Yeah. And, yeah. and same thing against, uh, against the Broncos. And it's not like, the Vikings are, are, are losing to these stellar teams. I mean, losing to the Broncos, losing to the Bears. No, this is a Viking team that I'm not excited about at all. And, you know, we will, we're going to talk to Paul Gutierrez here at the bottom of the hour, who, the Raiders insider. And I'm very curious of, of what, um, you know, practice and what the vibe has been like uh, here in Henderson with the Raiders uh, facility over the last couple of days, because Antonio Pierce came out and said, you know, we can do all the talking we want, but hopefully, you know, you guys got all this out of your system because now, you know, it's time to to put up or shut up. We can talk right. all we want, but we actually got to get it done. And he just put the pressure on the guys say, listen, we've got to win four of the next five, and it has to start this week. And I love it when a coach says that. So I'm with you. I think I'm going to back the Raiders. So, you know, and, and so do I. I like coaches. I don't like coaches who are screamers, nut jobs, you know, on the sideline, grabbing the players by the collar during the game, screaming at them. But I like motivational coaches he's obviously pushing the right buttons with x's and o's also uh, so i don't want to take that away from him but uh he's a, seems to be very he, he knows how to motivate without crossing the line i guess is the best way i'm trying to put it uh, at least thus far since he's taken over as the interim coach and again listen i, I look at a guy like dobbs let's take a, a young guy like purdy compared to dobbs and the reason dobbs has never really made it as a starter and why purdy has so fast and, and it's you know, set aside the fact that San Francisco's got the deepest roster. We know that, and Minnesota doesn't. But it's not like Dobbs has only played with Minnesota. He's played with other teams, too. The difference is is processing at the line of scrimmage uh, on a dime, in a split second. They try, to, they try to switch things up on Purdy's pre-snap, 
you know, right before the snap, he understands what's going on. He gets the ball out. They try to mess with him immediately after the snap. They change things up. They drop guys back showing blitz, or they bring guys up right at the snap who looked like they were going to lay back. He processes it. He goes through a couple of reads. Boom. He not only gets the ball out, but he lays it out in front of the receiver before the receiver gets to where he's supposed to be on the field. They don't have to wait for the football. And some guys have that, and some guys don't. You know, that's just not something you teach. And so that's something that Purdy has. It's something that Dobbs has never had. And when Dobbs gets under, feels under pressure, he presses, as we've said. So I just think, you know, if the Raiders can get pressure on Dobbs, they win this game, and they might even, you know, get some help from Dobbs throwing a pick or two. All right. All right. Speaking of the Niners, they're a 10.5-point choice over the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle's gone backwards, losing three in a row. Two of those three games really had problems scoring. They got some points against the Cowboys in their last game. But uh, do you think that this line is is right? You got an opinion on either the Red Hot Niners or the Slumping Seahawks? Yeah, I believe it or not, all those points, I would I would rather back Seattle if I jump in on this game. I think it's a tough spot for San Francisco if they actually have tough spots with that organization. Uh, but after what they did last week, that was such a big game for them, the revenge from last year when they lost you know, three quarterbacks, and they were looking for people in the stands to play quarterback, you know, in the playoffs. So now it's a situation where they host a Seattle team and they're laying a ton of points. And this is like, you know, the old buy low, sell high situation that I think you can use when it comes to NFL betting, like we do in the stock market. And listen, they played well against the Cowboys. They lost by six. They were getting, I think, nine and a half in that game on Thanksgiving. Uh, But it looks like things came together and they were able to I guess, resolved some of their offensive issues they were having before the Dallas game. And Geno Smith benefited. I mean, he had a huge game, 330-plus yards, three touchdowns in that contest. And one of the things that I liked even more than that, or at least equal to that, was Seattle started doing a few things different on defense, and they sacked Dak Prescott four times in that contest. I don't think San Francisco loses this game outright, but I think it's a real tricky spot to want to lay 10, 10 and a half points in this game. Yeah, you're right. From a situational standpoint, that makes uh, a lot of sense, you know, uh, taking Seattle uh, and the points. All right, probably the marquee game is Buffalo and Kansas City, even though Buffalo slid a little bit. But, hey, they still got Josh Allen. They got Diggs. Uh, and this is a team that really needs to win. I mean, you look at Buffalo, you're, I'm shocked. I mean, they are six and six right now. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, what has happened on the defensive side of the ball with, you know, you losing your middle linebacker in Milano. He's been out for, you know, just about the entire season here. And it'll be, I'm very curious to see what Buffalo did during this bye week because they had that unfortunate loss, you know, going back a couple weeks ago to, to the Eagles, had a week to stew on it. And now they're playing Kansas City. And then now you look at the Chiefs. They're they're coming off a loss. We know how good the Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and the Chiefs are normally, you know, coming off a loss. But hey, uh, this is the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen coming to town. Give me your thoughts on this game, Scott. Pretty interesting, and I'm, I'm curious to hear your take. Well, one of the things I did with this game early on was I played Josh Allen over 31 and a half rushing yards in this contest for a, a nice little prop here. And, you know, you mentioned Buffalo, the tough loss to Philly. I mean, they've had a couple of games where they should have won or could have won and just didn't get the job done. It is, it is the fault of – Josh Allen takes all the heat. This is the fault of the defense most times. But in this particular game, and the reason I played that prop, is they've got to do everything they can, including running Josh Allen even more than normal, and he runs it a lot already, to win this football game. And Kansas City is like fourth from the bottom of the league defend, excuse me, defending the run. And if you look at what – Allen did, in week 12, 
he ran the ball for 81 yards on nine yards per carry. Uh, so I, I really do like him to go over this total. I think he's going to have to run the football quite a bit, especially if the weather forecast comes to fruition and it's a little bit windy at Arrowhead, which it could be in cold. He's going to have to run the ball a little bit more. As far as the side, I've been kind of going back and forth. I mean, the Bills have, you know, the fifth best scoring differential, believe it or not, with that six and six record. They're plus 101 points in those 12 games. The problem is they keep blowing leads with less than two minutes to go, and they go into those last two minutes with a lead. Uh, they've lost six out of eight one-possession games. But the bottom line is I think this is a game that they can go in and win, and one of the problems for KC, they still don't have that receiver who they can consistently count on to stretch the field. So I've gone back and forth. I haven't made an official bet on this one. Eileen Buffalo, the official bet that I made was the prop, which was over 31.5 rushing yards for Josh Allen. All right. Scott Spreiser joins us, DocSports.com. Go to DocSports.com and subscribe to Scott's plays. Doesn't matter the sport. Scott's all over it, whether it's uh, the NFL, college football, the NBA, college basketball, uh, handicapping it all and does a fantastic job, as we all know. Well, we talk about the marquee game being Buffalo and KC right behind it, and maybe even equal, is Philadelphia and Dallas. And this is going to be your Sunday night game here. Uh, we know that both teams have had this game circled on the calendar here. Talk a little bit about Philadelphia, especially coming off that embarrassing home loss to the Niners, which you and I both had the, the Niners, and we kind of anticipated that was going to happen. But I was already looking ahead. I don't know about you, Scott. I was already looking ahead last week to this game and said, hey, uh, I'm taking San Francisco this week, but I'm going to be right back on Philadelphia going against Dallas. I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to be involved in the Eagles. Yeah, we weren't talking about this game at all last week or in the last few days, and yet we had the same approach. You know, San Francisco was my, one of my biggest plays of the season last week. I thought besides the fact that they're the best team in football, just the situation and everything that was going on broke in their favor, and Philly's playing this murderer's row of a four-game stretch. And you hear a lot of people jumping ship right now on Philly uh, because of what happened against San Francisco. That was a horrible spot. They had Dallas coming up next. San Francisco's a monster, the whole shebang. And I was thinking, going into that game as it kicked off, I was like, all right, well, here's what I'm doing. I got this big play on San Francisco. If Philly wins the game, obviously I lose the money, but I'm going to come back with them and make them a big play again next week. Or go against them next week against Dallas if they would have beaten San Francisco. At the same time, I'm like, if they come off a rough outing where they get knocked around like they think they're going to, I'll come back next week and play them against Dallas because Dallas will probably be a little bit overvalued uh, with everything they've done. This, this point differential by Dallas, when you look at the difference between Dallas's point differential and Philly's, Dallas is like 100 points better than Philadelphia on the season, and it's because they're a bully. And you know that, TC. They beat the crap out of bad teams at home, and then they struggle against the better teams on their schedule. And until I see Dallas put together two or three games in a season where they're able to handle the best teams on their schedule you know, in a consistent manner, I can't back them laying more than a field goal. That three-and-a-half means a lot to me, that hook. I think Philly goes into Dallas – Pulls the outright upset. Um, I think you should take the points for insurance. It's not a game I want to jump on, you know, because obviously it's, you know, one of those situations where it could end up close. Dallas wins on a field goal. 
I think the three and a half is well worth taking. Three and a half or more, Philly's the side. Yeah, I agree with you. And you go back to November 5th when Philly defeated Dallas 28-23 since that time. Right. It was just like and what, we, what you said. And I've been saying this all year. It's like, hey, Dallas is a real easy handicap for me. You know, uh, at home against the bad teams, they're going to crush teams, lay it. It doesn't matter. Uh, they go on the road against a good team, forget about it. Now they're at home against a good team. And again, since that November 5th victory, they blast the Giants, they blast the Panthers uh, and the Commanders, three of the worst teams uh, in football. You could probably make the argument that they could be the three worst, you know, of maybe yeah. the five that, you know, <laughs> that are out there, really. And then they, they beat a Seattle team and they give up 35 against Seattle. Not that Seattle is bad, but again, they're not an upper echelon team and you have Geno Smith as your, as your quarterback. So no, you know, I know some people say, well, maybe they were caught looking ahead. Well, maybe fine, but I'm with you. I, I'm all about the Eagles in, in this situation. And then they got to go to Buffalo, Dallas does yeah. the, the next week. And then they got to play Miami in Miami. And then they come home against the Lions. So yeah. this, this four game stretch is big. It's it like is. Philly just went through or is going through. It is. It, it, but it look is. at the teams they've beaten, TC. If I could jump in there for just a second, course, you mentioned yeah. a couple of them. Yeah. They beat Seattle. They beat Washington. They beat Carolina. They beat the Giants twice. They beat the Rams when the Rams were really struggling. They beat the Chargers. I should say they beat Staley, and they barely won that game. Uh, they beat New England, and they beat the Jets. And the Those Cardinals. Don't forget the Cardinals. Well, they lost. That's right. They, they lost to the Cardinals. That's right. Yes, they lost yeah. by 12 to the Cardinals. Right, they right, lost right. by 32 to the Niners. They lost to the Eagles on November 5th. So every time they've stepped up against a, a playoff contender, they've lost. Every time they've stepped up against an also ran they win by 40. And that's how they got that huge point differential. And all these stats that are making Dallas Cowboy fans salivate like they're going to finally go deep in the playoffs. I just look at that schedule. You can only beat who's in front of you, but they didn't beat the good teams who were in front of them. Absolutely correct. All right, so that is a Sunday night game. We mentioned the the 10 a.m. you know portion of the card does not look good. And we got a couple you know decent ones good in, in the 125 slot. Then, Scott, when you scroll down... We go, we have two Monday night football games again. Please help me out here because I'm confused. <laughs> don't ask me because I don't have an answer and I'm just flabbergasted. I had to do like a, a, a double and triple take, you know, earlier in the week. I'm going, wait, no, they're not tiered. They're both at 515. <laughs> one's on ABC, one's on ESPN. Okay. What the heck is going on here? Oh, and by the way, there are two games that I'm not interested in as well, too. Wh- what are we doing with two Monday night football games? I get it opening night of the season, which we didn't, right. but week two we did. And then I think we did in week three or something like that. Then, okay, thank goodness. Okay, the mistakes are over. We're done with it. Now we're back to it again. Please help me out. I, I don't get it. It's like NFL, if you want to make the most for your buck, then how about having a 4 p.m. Pacific East Coast game and a 7 p.m. Pacific West Coast game, if you're going to do that on a Monday. Uh, back uh, Two games starting at the exact same time as you mentioned. Uh, three of the four teams you know, are basically not real playoff contenders. Okay, Green Bay, maybe they play better of late. I think they're going to go into a swoon uh, starting this week. I, I see what Jordan Love's doing. I don't like what the NFL – you want to have two games? Give us a second game on a Thursday night in case, you know, one's a clunker like they normally are, like tonight's game could be. Uh, but I, I think the Packers, of all these teams here that, you know, are kind of outside looking in but making a run, I think they're overvalued, T.C., you know, Jordan Love, I get he's progressed, 
They've got him slinging the ball around the field, which they didn't earlier in the season. But some of the things they're doing to get receivers open are really timing plays and patterns where he can hit without having to go real deep downfield. And I do believe that the NFL is going to catch up to him potentially this week because he's got a blitz-happy defensive coordinator in Wink Martindale of the Giants who he's going to face. It's a defense that's forced the seven most seventh most picks in the league uh, over the season, and the Giants were also eighth in EPA allowed per play over the last six weeks. This is a good defensive football team, extremely well coached, and we saw the other night when they beat KC, I mean, he hung a couple of footballs out there, a couple of passes that were begging to be picked off, one for a pick six, and if the Chiefs make the plays that are right there in front of them, they win that game. So um, just as far as that game is concerned, I think it's a situation where the Packers get a little bit of a comeuppance this week, and I think six and a half is too many points for this team to be laying against a good defense. I get it. I get the Giants quarterback situation, but this defense is good. Uh, they've had time to prepare, and also, again, I just don't know that Jordan Love can handle this kind of blitz. One thing that, you know, everybody's talking about Jordan Love. You know what I like best about the Packers of late? They're getting a pass rush on opposing quarterbacks. If they can maintain that, they might be able to sneak in to the postseason, I'm just not sure they can maintain that. Right, right. And again, you know, the secondary, Jerry Alexander has been injured. I uh, don't know if he's going to be right. back or not this week, but, you know, the secondary has looked at, and you're right, it, it, pretty much, I mean, the defense have, have been the stars for the Green Bay Packers, you know, right now. But yeah, six and a half on the road. Again, you got Tommy DeVito, so I, I, I see where the six and a half is, and and uh, it, it's hard to, to to back DeVito, but you're right. You know, probably a low-scoring game in this one. Maybe entertain the total. Total's a low one, 36 and a half. So, you know, we'll see, uh, you know, how that plays out. And then you got Tennessee and Miami. Miami is a 13 point, you know, favorite. I know there are some people that still kind of get excited about Derrick Henry and, and, and Tennessee. I know there were a lot of Tennessee Titan backers last week and that didn't work out well for them because, you know, the Colts looked like they were dormant and Gardner Minshew didn't look great. But then they let this thing, you know, uh, get to overtime and then the Colts end up winning. But, uh, the Tennessee really just killed themselves with, uh, with missed field goals, extra points. And because of the missed extra point, that's why it went to OT. Then they inevitably lose after that. I don't know. What are your thoughts on this game, if any? To Tennessee signing defensive players against the pass on the last week because, my gosh, their pass <laughs> defense is not good. And now they've got to face the Dolphins right. at home in Miami with this high powered attack. Um, there's one thing that gives Tennessee backers hope. They've actually been pretty good in the red zone. Um, they're actually second in what's called a success rate when it comes to red zone play. The problem is, that's their defense, the problem is is that guess who's the number one red zone offense, and it's not even close, the Miami Dolphins. This, this really does seem like a game that is like, that Tennessee defense is begging to have 40 put on them. I, I think this is like a 38-14 to 14 type of game, TC. Scott, when you're going back and you're looking at these, these big numbers, like you know, let's say when you're at 13 or more, what is the percentage that these favorites still cover? And whether it's the sample size is this year or the last, because I know you have a lot of different um, scenarios that you look at, you know, dating back, whether it's 5, 10, 15, 20 years or whatever. But I'm very curious, when you see these numbers of 13 or more, you know, how, how, how much do these, these favorites still come in? Yeah, I tend to try to not lay, like 11.5 seems to be the cutoff point for the point, the amount of points you want to lay. And I normally tend to try to not do more than that. And so, you know, that's kind of my cutoff point. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me as far as what the record is overall, but I know over the last 25 years, that's been kind of my cutoff point as far as I'll go. However, 
you know, when I get a defense like Tennessee that doesn't match up well or is the, you know, like the perfect defense for a team like Miami's offense to be able to exploit, then it's a situation where I may ignore that, you know, that cutoff point for me, 11, 11 and a half points, and lay a little bit more than that. So don't have the exact numbers in front of you, but I can just tell you that that's where my cutoff point is. And if you look at Tennessee, one of the things I like to look at, when, you, when people talk about angles, I don't want to hear that a team is like, you know, 14 and 1 or 1 and 14 in a, in a game like this, but they're winning or losing by a couple of points. I want stuff that comes out and says, okay, a team uh, in this situation not only covers the spread, but then you look at the last 10 times or whatever, and the average final margin is like 20 points per game. And that's what you get out of Miami. If you look at them as a favorite this season, Eight times they've been favored. They've covered seven. They win those games by an average score of 37 to 16. You know, those are the kind of angles I want to hear. What, what are they actually averaging as far as the point differential? So I factor that into going over that 11, 11 and a half mark also. And it comes up with Miami or nothing for me. And uh, I don't know how much revenge plays into a lot of these situations. Now, last week, we, I think we both talked about it, you know, San Francisco over Philadelphia because, hey, Philadelphia ended their season and the way the 49ers, you know, didn't have any quarterbacks. I mean, that was a different thing. But if you go back to these two teams faced each other last year and Tennessee won 34 to 3 last year right and i don't know again you know for me if that means anything but it i I hear what you're saying and i'm with you and i agree everything you're saying about the dolphins but scott have you been watching the in-season hard knocks i can't bet mike mcdaniel (laughs) i can't do it scott forget about the way the guy dresses and what he's saying he's giving away cakes to players and then he can't even explain it the guy's a stuttering stammering mess please get this guy off my television get him off my sideline if i'm betting him i think it's just a matter of time before he will cost this team uh, especially when they get to the playoffs Oh, listen, they're a bully. They're like Dallas. Well, <laughs> Dallas, I would take over Miami and on a neutral site. Right. But they're like Dallas in that they pound on bad teams and they have problems when they go on the road. We saw, yeah. we saw that when they scored 70 against Denver and then they got blasted up in Buffalo. That's the kind, they're just that kind of team. So they're going to be great in warm weather. They're going to be great against bad teams. Tennessee's a bad team. And you're right, though. I've watched it. I've only seen it like two or three times. And I'm like, wow, this guy is either a super genius who's eccentric as heck or he's going to cost his team badly at some point with a bad decision. I'll take the ladder on that, Scott. I'll take the ladder. I mean, <laughs> look at these. These guys are looking at him. His players are going like, okay, you know we don't respect you, right? Okay, just shut up and get out of the way. I mean, <laughs> I've never seen the guy command a meeting room, command a huddle, or a pre- or post-game uh, locker room. I haven't seen it. So He's, he's the kid in the corner in, in your science class doing <laughs> chemistry uh, experiments when you don't don't even have to right <laughs> he, you're right he's a guy in the corner and they're saying mike mike pay attention no i want to be an nfl coach someday i'm going to be an nfl coach look at me i'm drawing helmets and i'm drawing i'm drawing a spread formation okay i flunk that kid flunk that kid in my science class that's great all right brother hey appreciate the time as always scott uh have yourself a good one and good luck this weekend brother on my way to Freddy's, brother. Yes. Oh, pictures galore, please. <laughs> there it is. I, I still got. I got to sweat this out for another, you know, twenty-two minutes or so. All right. Uh, we come back. We will talk about our Raider indoor tailgate party. Frosty's going to join us. That's right. No, not Frosty the Snowman. Our good friend Scott Frost will wake him up. Uh, 
the great owner over at Slice of Vegas, and we'll talk some Raiders and some Vikings. This is boxing referee Kenny Bayless, and what I say you must obey. So be sure to catch up with the broadcast at tcmartinshow.com. All right, again, my man Kenny Bayless, uh, one of the best, one of the best referees. And again, the news that we had earlier, the, the International Boxing Hall of Fame announced their class, and shout out to my man Kenny Adams, trainer extraordinaire, one of the best in the International Boxing Hall of Fame. Today, announces Michael Moore, Ricky Hatton, Yvonne Calderon, the late great Diego Corrales, Kenny Adams, Jackie Callen, Fred Sternberg, a fine publicist, uh, Wally Matthews, who covered uh, boxing from New York, uh, and Nick Charles from CNN back in the day, will be inducted in Canastoga, New York, the International Boxing Hall of Fame. So great stuff. And uh, again, very happy for our good friend Kenny Adams, who has been on this show for years and years and years, one of the best trainers uh, of all time, not only at the professional level, but going back to the U.S. Olympic teams, 1984-88. And, uh, you know, Michael Moore, he is the biggest name probably in this class. Michael Moore won the light heavyweight title in 1998 in just his 12th professional fight. He moved up to heavyweight three years later, and a lot of people question that, like, is he big enough? And he became boxing's first southpaw heavyweight champion in 1992 when he defeated Evander Holyfield. Uh, that was in 1994. It was van- fantastic being there at Caesar's Palace. And then after losing to George Foreman, Michael Moore would regain the title in 1996, finished his career 52-4-1 with 40 big knockouts. So congratulations to Michael Moore. And then Ricky Hatton. Ricky Hatton is uh, was a crowd-pleasing fighter. And uh, Ricky Patton rose to fame as the 140-pound division. And he upset uh, Hall of Famer Costa Zoo in 2005. And then he moved up uh, to win a title at Welterweight. Very popular British fighter. You remember him and the British fans coming to Las Vegas. Loved the song. Loved the music. And uh, wanted to lose high-profile fights against Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao. But did finish 45-3 and with 32 knockouts. So Ricky hadn't retired soon after that. But 45-3, uh, and tremendous career. And I remember, you know, those fights, especially against Floyd and, and Manny. And the the fight against Mayweather, I thought he might have a shot to beat Floyd Mayweather. I thought he may have have a shot. But um yeah, Ricky Hatton going in. Jose uh rather um um Yvonne Calderon, I'm sorry, Yvonne Calderon was thirty five and three. He was a light flyweight champion, and then Diego Corrales uh uh, again, we inducted Diego Corrales in the Sacramento Sports Hall of Fame going back three years ago. Ended his career 40 and 5, 33 knockouts, and remembered for that 2005 fantastic fight against Jose Luis Castillo at Mandalay Bay when he was knocked down twice in the 10th round and then later stopped Castillo in definitely fight of the century. Um, former super featherweight, lightweight champion, and unfortunately, Diego died. Uh, from that horrific motorcycle accident here in Las Vegas in 2007. But uh, he will be inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame uh, with uh, the others that I mentioned in the middle of June there in Canastoga, New York. So we know uh, we cover boxing quite a bit here. And uh, when you have uh, friends and colleagues that uh, get inducted, uh, very happy for them. All right, um, let's continue on and let's uh, go over to my favorite restaurant 
over there in the Mandalay Bay. And uh, I think we're going back to the kitchen right now because our good proprietor, Scott Frost, is back there. I think he might be making me a pizza. I don't know. Frosty, what's going on, my friend? Hey, buddy. How you doing, man? We're doing good. What's shaking with you? I we're we're uh we're we're you know we're always experimenting with pizzas. I got a pizza to, that I got to lay on you next time. You're, next time you're down here, you got to try this. Okay, it okay. sounds crazy. Are you going to tease really me? With, you going to tease me with it? And tell me with the breaking news. Let's go to our live on the spot reporter. That would be Scott Frost from the kitchen at the world famous Slice. He's back there. The oven is uh, probably at what is that? Uh, you know, uh, fifteen hundred degrees. I don't know. No, no, it's about it's about it's five hundred. Five hundred. Okay, see, uh, yeah, see, yeah. see, there you go. Yeah, I, I hope not. Oh yeah, you know, hey, check this out. I went to this um, this pizza place when I was in New York, and it was an old school Italian family owned, right? And right. so I go in and I and I order. Uh, they barely understood me. They actually laughed at me, Scott, because they gave me a menu and it was in Italian. I couldn't even you know understand it or read it, right? And I said, uh, "Do you got any pepperoni?" They go, we have no pepperoni here. Oh, yeah, so it was denied. one of those. It was one of you those. Got denied. I got denied. Old school. Yeah, old school. Yeah. We have no pepperoni. I go, well, what's the closest thing that you have to a pepperoni? And they they told me something I couldn't pronounce it. I said, okay, well, well, give me that. And uh, I said, fine. I am not kidding you, my friend. They brought Boy, me an iced snobs. tea. Pizza snobs. Well, pizza snobs, exactly. But check this out. They bring me my iced tea or Pepsi, whatever I had. They probably even have iced tea. I'm not kidding. Three and a half minutes later, my pizza was in front of me. And I go, wait a minute. Yes. What do we, you know, I, I wanted to insult him. Yeah. I wanted to say, what do you give me? Somebody's leftover. But, you know, I didn't want to upset the, the Italian, uh, Franco's Italian army any more than I did, right? I, got, I didn't want to do that. So I go, how did it come out so quick? I said to the server, they go, oh, our oven's like a, th- a thousand degrees or whatever. Yeah. So that's the deal. Yep. You know? I don't know, man. But I'll, I'll take I'll take slice over over those ham and eggers uh, any day and twice on Sunday. How's yeah. That? All right. Yeah. So, so lay it on well, me. It doesn't. What do you got? So here it is. There, here. All right. I, I'm, so I'm waiting. Stay on with you. me. Okay, go. Stay with me. All right. All right. You got you got five cheeses. Ooh. All right. Five. Yeah, and the the thing that makes it is the gouda. All right. You got five cheeses. You got slices of pickle, long ways, not round ways, long ways. And then it's drizzled with ranch. Frosty, you lost me already. Pickles and ranch on a pizza. I can't do it. I can't. I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, I hated the idea of it was I couldn't, I couldn't believe it myself. I couldn't believe it. if I wasn't sitting here eating it. And loving every bite of it, I would I wouldn't steer you wrong, but I'm telling you, it sounds so crazy. We just might do it. Okay, we just might do it. Now we got it. We have to come up with a name for it. If, uh, if I, I already already got the name. Already got the, the name pregnancy. for it. The, the the what? The pregnancy. The pregnancy. That's good. That's good. <laughs> All right, that's good. Let's. I, we're, we're, I'm, I'm telling you, we'll name it. We'll name it after the best name that we can get from your listeners. Uh, we'll name it. If you come down, you come down and try it. You let me know what you think. We'll name it. We'll name it, and we'll put it on the menu as a limited time offer. Uh, LTO, there it is. I want to name it the Numchuck right now. I think that's the perfect name. Ah, <laughs> uh, wait, I, wait. We could, uh, 
Am I pregnant? I said, well, yeah. I was going to say, wait a minute. What are you trying to tell me? I don't know, man. Nunchuck, is there something? Is there something we don't know? No, not at all. But the thing is, see, before you (laughs) just blurted that out, I was going to tell him. I said, okay, the name that sounds like uh, the Nunchuck. Yeah. Then you said pregnancy, so I was not, you know, going off of your pregnancy name. That's that's horrible. But uh, Frosty, I'll I'll give it a shot. I mean, again, I mean, I, I trust you. Now, have you done a taste test? Have you put this in the oven and or is yes. this or is this ju- everyone everyone that tried it loved it wow. everyone that tried it loved it. I'm, I'm i'm telling you you just wouldn't put pickle and pizza in the same sentence right and this stuff is it, it's it is good it is really good so i can't i can't wait to lay this on you okay yeah, next time you're down here <laughs> He's gonna lay it I'll, on I'll, have, I'll have chef chef bobble chef bobble cook one up for you oh. numchuck you gotta try it if we're gonna name it after you you gotta try it that's it so. yeah no it's gonna be the pregnancy it's not gonna be the numchuck <laughs> Hey, wait, uh, <laughs> hey, Scott, you got to remember. Pregnancy pickle pizza? Ooh. All right. Triple P. Hey, I the, like the it. Triple P. I like it. Remember, it would require Numchuck to actually leave his house or leave this building and actually come to your establishment, which we still haven't gotten to do it. So, I mean. Oh, that's right. He can never get the whole pass. And I owe you dinner. I, I owe you dinner, too. Well, you owe me dinner. Yep. You owe Numchuck a bar. And, uh, you know, there it is. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting because. Uh, you know, my, my man Johnny over at Blue Ribbon, the Cosmopolitan, he's listening. He's going, when are you bringing Frosty in? And I said, I, I, I'm waiting. I'm waiting to bring him in so you could have the best chicken wings you've ever had in your life and uh, any steak or seafood. You know, we got to go. That's my Let's choice. That's my choice. My Let's choice. You asked me where I wanted to go, and and I told Frosty, I and you know what he I said? Did. Yeah, and then he came back and said, what did you say, El Polo Loco? I mean, come on, man. El Polo Loco. That's what I said. Yeah, like, that's, that's not happening. That's not happening. No. no you- hey, that bet, that bet was looking good in the first first quarter. That bet was looking really good. Hey, I, I love Not this. Not so much in the fourth. I love this because, you know, Marco D'Angelo is always telling me that, you know, I'll congratulate him on a bet and he'll just start ripping me because I'll congratulate him on a bet with, you know, five or six minutes to go. And he goes, you're going to jinx it. You're going to jinx it. See, Scott Frost texts me while I'm I'm at the Raiders Kansas City Chiefs game in about midway through the fourth quarter, and he's conceding. See, I love that. When someone knows what time it is, they're conceding the bet with still like half of a quarter to go. That's, that's outstanding. I, I, look, man, I have two eyes. I can, I can see <laughs> right? what's happening. Right? Yeah, that was that was rough. That was rough. I thought I had, you know, there's no such thing as a lock in this business. This is true. There's no, there's no such thing as a lock. All right, but man. But there is such thing as Jenkins. So. That's true. But All anyway, right. we'll, we're going to see you Sunday. Sunday, see okay. Sunday. So tell 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 everybody uh, what's going on. I, I of course, Sunday, you know, Sunday, Sunday. Our, our listeners know all about it, but I want they want to hear it from you. Okay, talk about the food that you're putting out on these Raider tailgate parties inside Slice of Vegas. We've got pizza. We got chicken wings. We've got pasta. We got salads. We've got. Uh, build your own taco bar, build your own nacho bar. Uh, we've got, uh, chips, salsa, guacamole. We've got a bar, full service bar. It's all you can eat, 35 bucks, starting at 9.30 in the morning till the cows come home. Come on by, party down. We've got, we've got, uh, yard games. We've got, uh, everything you want to do to throw a good, a good tailgate. It's going to be awesome. You know, every Sunday we're here, you're here, 
your listeners need to be here looking forward to it. Yeah. And listeners have been showing up, uh, having a great time with it. Uh, it, it is the talk. It is the talk. They, they love it. And like you said, the, the games are on. We get to watch the games, but then they get to, to, to partake in the stuff too. And you know, it's like, I'm not, uh, I'm, you know, I, I'll, I'll do a little cornhole and this and that. But every week, Scott, people are wanting to challenge me to, to the beer pong or whatever. And I'm saying, listen, I, I got action. I got, I got money on these games here. I don't got time to be tossing a ping pong ball in, in, in some beer thing or whatever. You know, just, just keep filling up my glass, keep filling up my plate and, and let me mingle and, and, and watch the games. You know, it's a no beautiful one, thing. No one needs to make you drink, TC. No one needs to make you drink. That's you do just just fine by yourself. That's it. Yeah. But, but remember, I'm the king of Pepsi at your place. Remember that. I'm not one of these guys that yeah. indulge in the alcoholic beverage. We leave that for 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 you and Numchuck. That's what we do. You're 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 a professional. You're you a true go. professional. I love it. There you go. All right, my friend. Yeah, we'll look forward to that, and uh, we'll give away uh, some passes. Uh, you can give us a call here seven zero two. 221-7283, but for you today, we'll take the next three winners, and you're going for free. You heard Frosty describe it to you, the taco bar, the nacho bar, the guacamole, the pizza, the wings, the tenders, the salads, the dogs, the sliders. It's fantastic. 702-221-7283, Slice of Vegas, located inside the Mandalay Bay Shops uh, between the Luxor and the Mandalay Bay Slice of Vegas along with Who Songs. It is fantastic. My friend, give me a winner real quick. Who do you got? Raiders, Vikings. What's happening? Uh, I got Raiders by four. Raiders by four. You know, I think I'm going to agree with you on this one. I'm going I'm going Raiders too. I think they, they snap out. Vikings have been very disappointing. I'm not a Josh Dobbs fan. I'll take the Raiders with you, man. All right. It's nice hope. to root for the home team. It's nice. It is. That's it. All right, brother. Uh, we're gonna have to. We're we're gonna schedule this dinner. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna yep. pin you down. All right. You, uh, we're gonna pin, I'm gonna pin you down. Away. Let's do it. All right. I'm, I do not welch. I'm not a welcher. Oh, I know I'm that. Not a welcher. Well, there's no doubt about that. If anything, this guy's one of the most generous guys I've ever known. And again, to, to open your doors uh, to to the crew and to the winners, it, it's fantastic each and every Sunday. And uh, it's a fantastic atmosphere there at Slice of Vegas. Scott, I appreciate Thanks you. Thanks so much. I'll see you this weekend, brother. See you, man. Yep, there he is. Take care. Scott Frost, our guy, proprietor extraordinaire at Slice of Vegas and also Who Songs there in the Mandalay Bay shops. All right. You heard me, Johnny. I'm pimping it out, bringing him in. I got Mike Tice I got to bring in to Blue Ribbon. I've got uh, who? Uh, Marco. Marco still owes me. Who else? Somebody else owes me. Frosty owes me. Numchuck, I'll find a reason for you to owe me. No, I like to owe you a Numchuck because Numchuck does the job. My man. All right. I want to thank Scott Spritzer for joining us. Also, Houston Nut, great stuff. If you miss any of those interviews, go to the website at tcmartshow.com. Paul Gutierrez had to back out with us on this last segment because he was down at the uh, Raiders practice today, and they opened the locker room later today, probably because Max Crosby still injured, so kept the media out of the locker room until just now. So uh, Paul Gutierrez will try to join us here. Uh, we'll try to get him on the beginning of next week to recap the Vikings, and the Raiders. Don't forget, tomorrow, Westgate Las Vegas jam-packed show. Double B will join us. Mike Tice will be there. Marco D'Angelo, John Sassenti, Las Vegas Bull Executive Director. Come by, see the show tomorrow, live 2 to 4. And don't forget, best bets, baby. Oh, take a stroll down the Vincent Oh, listen to the
new or 